This is Music You Can Find, a weekly discussion about some of the most interesting albums out recently, and I'm Charlie Demott Wildy. It's the week of November 25th. Before we get started on this episode's recommendations, I'd like to do a little quick uh, housekeeping of sorts. First of all, I'll say that it's the holiday season, and also I'm doing another freelance video in addition to my normal full-time job, in addition to this, in addition to being a parent of a three-year-old. So, it's a busy time of year, and I'm busy. That means for the rest of the year, I, I may be inconsistent with my release schedule, but I'll do my best. I'll try to get episodes out as close to once a week as I can. I can't guarantee that they'll be on Mondays or Tuesdays even, or even that they'll be every week, but, I, you know, like I said, I'll do my best. Also, this is the time of the year that big new releases kind of start to slow down. So I, I think this is going to be my last somewhat standard episode until 2020. But let me tell you what I've got in mind. It's close to the end of the year, and as you know, also close to the end of a decade. Right now, what I have planned is to do an episode discussing my top 10 favorite albums of 2019 and the top 10 albums that I wish got more discussion in 2019, like what I did for last year at the very beginning of this podcast. I've also prepared a list of my top 25 albums of the decade, and I think I'll devote an episode or two on that. Basically, I've got kind of my top 10 picked out, not really in any order. From there, 11 through 25 picked out, not really in any order. I think I may do an 11 through 25 episode and then a top 10 episode and then kind of reveal what I think is the album of the decade. Anybody who knows me personally probably already knows what it is. But, you know, I'll try to make a little bit of drama and, and we'll, we'll save it for the, for the end of an episode. I've also made a list of my 125 favorite songs of the 2010s. I'll share that out. And, you know, that's kind of what I've got in store. If you have ideas or if you have specific topics you'd like to talk about or hear about, please let me know. I'm, I'm definitely interested in hearing. We've got, you know, a, about four weeks until the new year, so thereabouts. And, uh, you know, I'd like to have stuff to talk about with you guys if you're here for it. Okay, as for recommendations, I mean, maybe the most important release to talk about since last episode is going to be Hyperspace, the newest project from Beck. I don't know what context is necessary to give for Beck's career, but generally, Beck came up in the freak folk scene in the 90s, and incorporating elements of dance, electronica, and hip-hop especially had some genuine hits at a time when music as weird as Beck could be real hits. He has had a lengthy career and an ever-evolving sound that has resulted in a lot of really great albums. I'm a big fan of Beck. I, he's got a bunch of albums that are just favorites, all-time favorites of mine. But as the decade roundup conversations have been going on, I kind of looked back, you know, I, I went to his Wikipedia, and I was like, what, you know, what, what's... And, and I, I sort of realized Beck hasn't released any music I enjoy in the entire decade, in all of the 2010s. Now, he's here with this new one. This album is a collaboration with Pharrell, an incredibly creative and talented producer and musician with a legendary career all his own. You know, so, so there's, a, there's a bit of anticipation to this. I wasn't really in love with any of the singles, but there is maybe 
one that I think was, you know, it was definitely my favorite of the batch, and it was maybe one of my favorite songs that he's come out with, um, considering how lackluster I found his last several albums to be. And I can definitely say that this is the best Beck has been in a while, but it still feels entirely skippable. It's fine, but it just doesn't have much brio, and and I just didn't find myself all that interested in it at any point. This thing is, you know, maybe it's like a three out of five. There's not a ton of creativity or daring and just not enough energy or excitement in the songs or the performances. Like I said, this is better than his last two albums. It's his best since Modern Guilt, which is not even all that well-regarded of an album for Beck. I enjoy Modern Guilt a lot, but even for me, it's probably closer to the the bottom middle of Beck's discography than, than it is to the top. Well, while I was listening to this, I think I finally started to come to this realization that that Beck may never create music I really enjoy ever again. I've been one of these guys saying Beck was like his generation's equivalent to Bowie. You know, he he became a household name and a mainstream success despite being so weird and his tendency to experimentalism. He constantly evolved his sound throughout his career, always shifting and, you know, chameleonically changing. You could even go that both of them started in some kind of a mutation of a, of, a, of a folk scene from their eras. But it just doesn't seem that Beck is having the staying power Bowie had in terms of the longevity of, uh, of his creativity. It seems like his well may be starting to run dry. Those are my thoughts on this one. You know, I mean, I'm still showing up for future Beck albums. I'll listen to them every time they're released, and I'd love to be proven wrong, but that's where we are now. The new album is Hyperspace. If you consider yourself a completionist or you really just need to have listened to the latest of everything to talk about it at a party, then you have to listen to this one. But if you're genuinely just looking for interesting music, unfortunately, I would say look elsewhere. If you are a fan of Beck's experimental approach to folk music, you might be a fan of Richard Dawson, and he has a new album called 2020 that I really did enjoy. Richard Dawson is a British musician who draws from the old English tradition of folk and has always done this weirdo kind of drone-inflected takes on that sound. His last album, Peasant, was met with some considerable acclaim, but I, I didn't find enough in it to, for me to latch on to, at least in my memory with it. I, I, I did not particularly enjoy that release. However, last year, he was part of a collaborative project called Hen Ogled that I loved. I, I think I talked about it on this podcast as part of my year roundup for 2018 stuff at the very beginning. This album... Now, 2020, this new one, this really just hit me just on the right frequency. With its mix of ancient folk influence and modern experimental style and techniques, there's there's interesting use of electronics, very creative songwriting, and then that left-field, outsider music kind of drab delivery that Richard Dawson is known for. This album is a bit of a companion to Peasant, functioning in a similar way, exploring similar themes but sort of conceptually featuring different eras, peasant sort of in a more medieval space, and 2020 obviously a bit more modern, exploring these themes of modern isolation and hopelessness in this late-stage capitalist world we find ourselves in. 
it's very explicit about its views of the world with songs about like you know paranoia caused by the addition of cell phones into romantic relationships or lyrics dealing with working in an Amazon fulfillment warehouse. This is definitely on the strange side of the spectrum, but I found it very grounded, and I I felt like it was very effective and enjoyable just on its own merits. You'll have to be in the right mood for it, but I definitely think this makes for a rewarding listen if you can get on the right frequency. So that's 2020 by Richard Dawson. Again, sorta in this folk realm. I guess that's where we're kind of living on this episode for now. I'd like to mention Come On Up to the House. This is a tribute album featuring all female musicians, mostly from folk and country spaces, covering songs by Tom Waits. Blah, 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 I know I'm, I'm a boring, bearded white guy who loves Tom Waits and you don't want to be cornered by me at a party, but I love Tom Waits and I'm not going to pretend that I don't. This album features some really lovely versions of his songs by artists like Roseanne Cash, Amy Mann, Phoebe Bridgers, Corinne Bailey Ray, and and more and more. It's it's really nice. I enjoy it a lot. I th- I think a disproportionate amount of these songs come from mule variations, and it, it would have been fun to hear some stuff from throughout his career a little more. I would have liked to have heard some you know, more creative covers add a beautiful sheen or spin to some of his more out there or, or gravelly music. But I, I think Mule Variations maybe has the biggest collection of, of songs that lend themselves to being just kind of nudged into this this much prettier and, and more pleasant-sounding folk milieu. But as it stands, uh, you know, these this thing definitely has some of my favorite tunes from one of my favorite songwriters, and they're being given a new context from some of the most talented contemporary musicians in these genres. It's worth a look. The full title is Come On Up to the House, colon, Women Sing Waits. It's really nice if you're a fan of modern female folk singers or Tom Waits. Indispensable listening, as far as I'm concerned. And now the last album I'm going to talk about is Hidden History of the Human Race by Blood Incantation. And we are out of folk town. Blood Incantation is an incredibly talented and creative death metal outfit from Colorado, and this new album is a masterpiece. Maybe I'm premature in saying this, but I liked it a lot. This is a sci-fi death metal odyssey delving through psychedelia, doom, tech death, and the proggy tinges you might expect from the combination of all those genres. And I know I said we were out of Folktown, but... You know, maybe there's a little bit of folk influence here, too. I think the album just fucking works. Each moment of each track hits. The structure of each song works. The way that these songs are structured to form the album works. It's consideration about around how it would be delivered physically on wax is is taken into into account the the way that there are three shorter tracks in the beginning and then one much longer full side track that adds to the experience of this the the songs are evolving and driving through constantly changing interesting musical ideas and and the production is just it's perfect for me it's right where i want metal to be it's clear enough to be legible but just grimy enough to feel filthy. I, I want to wallow in that when I want to listen to metal. This thing is it's atmospheric, it's creative, it's truly a treat to listen to. Lots of fun. I loved it, and I, I can't wait to spend more time with it. I 
I think that this might be one that I have to pick up on wax. I'd love to have this record on my shelf. If you are at all into metal, you cannot skip this album. I assume that you've already listened to it, and even if you aren't usually into this genre, I think that this is the type of album that can be a gateway, or at least a crossover a little bit for non-metalheads. Big recommend from me on Blood Incantation's new album, Hidden History of the Human Race. Now before we go, a couple decent punk recommends that I would like to shout out. Art rock group Delilah has a new album called Beneath the Floors. This one was really interesting. They definitely play around with some really good ideas, and that is worth a listen. I enjoyed it. I will probably listen again. Eurochromes, they are a very, very cool and creative kind of post-punk, but they're they're really squarely rooted in that kind of seedy aggression of, of first-wave punk. They just incorporate a little bit of spindly song structures or electronics. Very, very cool band. I'm a big fan of Eurochromes. I, I loved their EP Night Bully from, I think, 2017. That thing is dynamite. And, and they have a really cool new album called Trope House. And then Patio, they're sort of on the indie end of the spectrum, sort of indie, a little bit of post-punk, but that kind of skeletal indie rock. They have an album called Essentials. It's also pretty enjoyable. All of the music from this episode can be found on our Spotify playlist, music you can find this week. The link is in the show notes. Rate and subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends about the show. You can also follow me on Twitter at Charlie's Takes. As always, if you found something here you enjoy, make sure to check out the artist, pick up the record, or buy some merch. If they're coming to town, go out to a show. Let me know what you've been listening to lately and give me a heads up if there's something on the way you're excited about. That'll be it for this week. This is music you can find. Tune in next time.